This is episode 73 for Tuesday, November 8th, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week we'll be covering category 27, historical beer. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Travis, and together with Chris, Eddie, and Sawyer, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Each week we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at brew underscore styles. Drop by our website, brewstyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. And welcome back to another episode of Brew Styles. I am joined today by two gentlemen, Chris and Sawyer. Sawyer, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing swell. It's good to hear. <laughs> Tell me about... Uh, is that like well, but yeah. better? Tell yeah. me about your weekend beer. M- my weekend beer? Your week in Oh, my beer. week in beer. Yes. Sorry, I thought you said weekend. Um, Could be. You know, honestly, I hadn't done too much via beer. However... Uh, we did have a party last night, and I brought a keg of my milk stout. Ooh. Tell us about that. It's milk, and it's stout. It's black. It is black. Yeah, that was the one that uh, you originally brewed for my wedding. Yes. Which was six, seven months ago. Um, so that one has been quietly aging yep. for quite a while, and uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Well, I'm uh, glad you enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, it's still on tap in the, in the living room, maybe. Dipping in to some of that in between uh, episode beers. That's if it's still cold. It's mm-hmm. black. Yes. Well, what are you drinking right now? Well, right now I am drinking a nice blue can of Bud Light. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we needed to rehydrate a little bit after last night. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was a fun party. Uh, I was there too. And uh, I we had our five tap tower system set up. Um, only had four four things on but um it's pretty nice because sawyer had the it's black milk stout Mm -hmm. and then i brought over a keg of my uh whatever's left of the kentucky common that was a good beer that i brewed and we're actually gonna taste that later in the episode today Mm. so i had that one on and then uh chris you had on something interesting shmi spiced cider yeah first cider for me to brew me me it turned out pretty good um so it was actually a six gallon batch and uh so i filled up my five gallon keg and it was literally spilling over it was brimming so i pulled out my carlo rossi jug and uh rinsed that out and put the the other gallon in there but the the spiced apple flavoring only ended up in the keg so i had something to compare it to and um I like the spiced apple one better, but it seemed like most other people liked the unspiced mm-hmm. cider better. Yeah. So, for me, I'll drink either one. <laughs> you like that cider? I like it. Yeah, I, I could drink <laughs> a lot of it right now. Yeah, 
It was you, pretty good. You said it was a pretty easy process. Oh yeah, super easy. Took me like forty five minutes, maybe. So yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm definitely gonna uh, keep doing those. Super easy. Awesome. Yeah, and they're ready pretty quick if you do the kit. If you don't have to do like actual, you know, the like what is it the the unpasteurized apple juice. Yeah, you can get pretty scientific with it. Um. Because I've read up a little bit on that. I try, I made one, but I went the easy route of just buying already made apple juice and then sprinkling the yeast, and that was it. But, yeah, yeah you can go to, uh, I guess it would be like a farmer's market or something. Yeah, and then, get some fresh-squeezed apple juice. Yeah, without mm-hmm. preservatives, without anything, unpasteurized, all of that. And then... Uh, it would be an interesting experiment to try. Um, I just kind of wanted to dabble in the cider thing a little bit, try mm-hmm. it out. I got the um, the kit from Stubby's. I think it was Vintner's Harvest, something like that. I don't remember. Um, either way, it had everything in, in there you needed, except for the uh, the maltodextrin. Had to buy some of that for some back sweetening. But um, okay. Anyway, super easy. Yeah, and, it was uh, really good. Uh, Mikey at the shop when I bought it, he's I asked him was like, "How long does this usually take?" It's like a month or whatever. And he's like, "No, man, you you do it today. It'll be ready to drink next week." Wow. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I pulled it out. Of the, the fermenter. And he said, you can do it at room temperature. It's, you don't really have to temp control it. Just <coughs> set it in the back part of the house somewhere. But I wanted to temp control it anyway. Until hmm. uh, we got the iron mash beer in there. So I pulled it out and set it in the house and let it sit for an, an additional week so it would clear out. Because it was pretty dang hazy. And it was, I'd say, brilliantly clear last night. So Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was good. Mm-hmm. Good experiment. That was good. And then Frado also brought over... A uh, saison, yeah, that he brewed over summer, and then finally kegged it. Mm-hmm. So we had that one on as well. So nice little party, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's always neat to make up excuses to use the five tap tower system, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then play Jackbox. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. That got real interesting. Mm-hmm. And Chris, you're also drinking Bud Light, Bud Light as well. Yeah, rehydrate a little bit. As am rehydrating. I. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was actually uh, thinking about doing a malt, a malted cider at some point. Because um, mm-hmm. what you do is you start off, you brew a high-gravity beer to start with. So I was going to do like a double IPA. And then after you've all collected all the wort for your, your double IPA, then you do like a second running through the mash and then pull off like a, a little a weak beer. Like a party guy. Yeah, and then mix that with uh, with apple juice and then... You would uh, do it as normal for a cider. That sounds tasty. Yeah. So I've had a two hop two cider more. before. I don't know if I've had malted cider. Yeah, I'm going to try it when it gets cold, which might be never. <laughs> <laughs> the way things are going right now, it's November and it's still like 85 degrees outside. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm ready for cold. Yeah. Well, if you're listening, which you are because you're hearing my voice, <laughs> thank you. The sweet, smooth sound. We appreciate all of our listeners. And if you enjoy it and you can put up with us, then go and hit that subscribe button. Yeah. Our hey. subscriber numbers are on the rise. So Really? Yeah. All right. all right. So spread the word. Tell your friends. Write a review. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. And then don't hide them. Just put them on the on the radio. <laughs> iTunes. Maybe not the kids. Yeah. Kids can listen to something else. But yeah. They can Welcome to Brew Styles. We've got a uh, kind of a different episode planned for today, See, but it's uh, something that 
you know, we, we knew we'd have to get around to it eventually. We didn't quite know how mm-hmm. because many of the styles that we're going to feature today um, are not either commercially available in our mm-hmm. area or they're just not commercially made at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are featuring, we're going to do at least four, I think, four historical beer styles. Um, a lot of these have been around for a while, but maybe just got lost or, you know, fell out of popularity for different reasons. But uh, whenever they released the 2015 guidelines, they also included a historical beer section, which listed several of these, and uh, many of them were new, were not listed in the old guidelines. Mm-hmm. So uh, we happened upon a box of free homebrew from judging the... Uh, What's up? Yes. Competition. <laughs> And uh, whenever we opened up the box, we realized that there was a plethora of just different styles, and many of them turned out to be historical styles. So uh, yeah. we are going to – we'll try some of the homebrews, and uh, I guess we should we should say that they might not be great examples of the style. Yeah, if, if we still have bottles left over, then probably yeah. not yeah. once they got pushed onto the second round. But it'll give us a reason to, to talk about it and uh, – we will um, just go from there. So we'll take a break, get our first one set up, and uh, be right back. Okay. Next. First. Oh, yeah. First. <laughs> you one, 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 yeah. one, 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 one. You had Bud Light, so. I had all Bud Light. <laughs> Non-alcoholic. What? What? Non-alcoholic. Alcoholic? Alcoholic. Alcoholic. Yeah. Who was that? That was me. Yep. Okay. Bud Light is almost. (laughs) (laughs) Non-alcoholic. All right. So uh, first up is the Goza. Um, So we'll just read through the style guidelines real quick. Um, So the overall impression, a highly carbonated tart and fruity wheat ale with a restrained coriander and salt character and low bitterness. Very refreshing with bright flavors and high attenuation questions so far nope i'm on on board okay cool aroma light to moderately fruity aroma of poem fruit poem poem light sourness slightly sharp (laughs) (laughs) noticeable coriander which can have an an aromatic lemony quality and an intensity up to moderate Light, bready, doughy, yeasty character like uncooked sourdough bread. The acidity and coriander uh, can give a bright, lively impression. The salt may be perceived as a very light, clean sea breeze character or just a general freshness, if noticeable at all. Clean sea breeze. That's what it says. All right. Okay. <laughs> any questions? Are we good? No. Just, you, okay. You can goes on. Okay, gozing on. Appearance. Unfiltered with a moderate to full haze. Moderate to tall-sized white head with tight bubbles and good retention. Notice they did not say say, uh, headstand that time. Uh, Effervescent, medium yellow color. Flavor. Moderate to restrained but noticeable sourness like a squeeze of lemon and iced tea. (laughs) That's, That's very specific. I'm reading it word for word. I'm sure you are. (laughs) <laughs> moderate bready doughy malt flavor light to moderate fruity character of palm fruit stone fruit or lemons palm. <laughs> light to moderate salt character up to the threshold of taste 
The salt should be noticeable, particularly in the initial taste, but not taste overtly salty. What? It says overtly. 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 Yes, thank you. I'm putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Anyways. Hamasadali. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Maybe I am drunk. I haven't heard that one in a while. Oh, man. Yeah, one Bud Light did it for you. Yep. Low bitterness, no hop flavor, dry, fully attenuated finish with acidity, not hops balancing the malt. Acidity can be more noticeable in the finish and enhance the refreshing quality of the beer. The acidity should be balanced, not forward, although historical versions could be very sour. Mouthfeel. High to very high carbonation, effervescent, medium light to medium full body. Salt may give a slightly tingly, mouthwatering quality if perceived at all. The yeast and wheat can give it a little body, but it shouldn't have a heavy feel. Oh, it's got a little body. Uh, I find it interesting that it's mentioned at least twice now, the salt character, if noticeable at all. Right. And we're, yeah. And a lot of the gozas that we get around here are like extremely salty. They're like. (laughs) (laughs) So that's interesting. It's it's like eating french fries at McDonald's because those are overly salty. (laughs) Um, the comments served in traditional cylindrical glasses. Historical versions may have been more sour than modern examples due to spontaneous fermentation and may be blended with syrups as is done with Berliner Weiss or Kummel, a liquor flavored with caraway. <laughs> is it cumin or cumin? <laughs> cumin. Okay. Thank you. And <laughs> we did not check the explicit box. And fennel. Phenol? No, it's not. It's no no a. It's F E N N E L. Okay. Oh, anyways, modern examples are uh, uh, inoculated, inoculated. <laughs> wow, I see drunk with lactobacillus. <laughs> I hate life right now, and are more balanced and generally don't need sweetening. <laughs> Pronounced go I'm drunk. Um, style comparison. Perceived acidity is not as intense as Berliner Weiss or Goza? Goose. Goose? Oh, okay. Restrained use of salt, coriander, and lactobacillus should not taste over, uh, overtly salty. Thank you. <laughs> coriander aroma can be similar to a wit beer, haziness similar to a vice beer, and your, uh, your vital statistics should be original gangster 1036 to 1056, IBUs 5 to 12, Final Gangster 10, 6 to 10, 10. Swim 3 to 4. ABV 4.2 to 4.8%. ABB? That's a new one. I didn't say what. Yeah, listen to the order of the letters. ABB? He said alcohol volume by. (laughs) That sounded like a question, though. Like I was asking somebody else what they said. No. What was the context? The context was it was at the very end of the Pumpkin Ale episode where all of us were gone. (laughs) And so you're reading with one eye, and it's A V B. Was it my good eye? <laughs> That's a problem. I really don't remember much from that episode. <laughs> Way to go, Eddie! Oh my god! Yep, Way that is go. awful. Play that again. Way to go, Eddie! <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, it got pretty bad. Oh, my God. But that was a fun one. If you didn't hear that episode, go back and listen to it. Uh, Pumpkin 2.0. Yeah, listen to us make fools of ourselves, probably. Uh, All right. (laughs) Cool. 
All right, on to the history. Uh, this is a little lengthy, so uh, sit back, relax, grab a beer or four. All right, Goza is... <laughs> Bud Light number two. <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> okay. Goza is a 1,000-year-old top-fermented beer style that is now most close, closely associated with Leipzig, the capital city of Saxony, one of, uh, one of the German states in what used to be the so-called German Democratic Republic, the former East Germany, which, by the way, I have a tuba on the tuba. It says made in West Germany. Nice, yeah. Uh, Saxony is the ancestral home of the Saxon tribe, a branch of which joined the Angels and the Jutes, Jutes in the 5th century. <laughs> oh, the my Angels. On hills. I don't know. The Angles? Angles? Yes, Anglo-Saxon. Oh, yeah, Angles. Angles. <laughs> West Ball versus East Ball. This is what you get when you have a party the night before. Uh, moving on. Eddie's not even here. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned it. Well, that's probably why I'm having so much trouble. I have to do more for him today since he's not here. All right. Anyways. Uh, Goza takes its name from the river Goza, which flows through the town of Goslar in the state of Lower Saxony, about 100 miles west of Leipzig. Very interesting. Uh, Goslar rose to prominence in the 11th century, not only as one of the wealthiest and most important copper, lead, zinc, salt, salt and silver mining towns in the German Empire, but also as a brew center. It is known that even Emperor Otto III, who ruled Germany between 90, oh wow, 983 and 1002, sang the Goza's praises. That's kind of weird saying that uh, between 983 and 1002, considering it was 2016. Okay, meh. Yeah, that's what I thought. <clears throat> and like any other beer style, Goza is brewed with slightly salty water. It is likely that the original source of saltiness in Goza is the naturally saline uh, water, or saline water that comes out of some of the <laughs> mineral Celine Dion. Yes, Celine Dion. Ah, backing up. Celine water that comes... <laughs> I hate life. I quit. Uh, anyway. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I think we get the general idea here. All right, okay, I'll just move on then. Uh, where was I? Got it, okay. We know that medieval uh, uh, alchemists had debated the health effects of white salt crystals from Goslar, which were then known by such names as uh, vitri- vit- wow, vitrilium. Wow, I can't talk today. Can you say that word? It is right there. The word is vitrilium. There we go, thank you. <laughs> Mom struggled by You're saying sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Moving on. When these Goslar crystals were dissolved in water, uh, the astringent and sour uh, tincture, that's what that is, that resulted was known as copper water. That doesn't sound very tasty. Oh, that's, um, I, oh, I totally forgot to mention, I actually went to a distillery this past week. Oh, yeah, you sure did. On Thursday and learned a lot about uh, the process. And one thing they said, like, when you have good vodka, it should taste like copper water. Like you have pennies in your mouth because it's aged in a a copper still. That's what vodka? Yes. Interesting. That is interesting. Okay, so there's a relation there. Yeah. All right. As the Goslar mines gave out in the late Middle Ages, Goslar decided or declined, and Goza making migrated to Leipzig, which quickly became the Goza's largest market. Certainly, no, no later than 1738, it was brewed in Leipzig itself, as we know from the oldest preserved Goza license issued that year to an innkeeper named uh, Gesecki by the Leipzig City Council. Oh, thank you. Uh, indigenous Goza brewing in Leipzig must have spread rapid, rapidly and undermined the uh, economic viability of the Goza brewers of Goslar. As a consequence of declining sales in 1826, the City Council of Goslar eventually decided to abolish Goza brewing altogether. That sucks. Aww. Yeah. In Leipzig, on the other hand, Goza had become the most popular beer by 1900, <coughs> when uh, when there were more than 80 licensed Goza houses on record. This is why modern Goza has become identified uh, more with the Saxon capital than with its city of origin, and it is now often referred to as Leipziger Goza. And that's about it. <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking now and. Not fumble over myself anymore because I just I can't today. Thank have, you for that. Bud Light. That thrilling regalement 
of the history of Goza. You're welcome. I tried all 14 minutes of it. <laughs> Was it really 14 minutes? Oh my god. I'm so sorry. Anyway, let's move on to the beer. Are we, yeah, yeah, let's I'll drink go one. get it. All right. To make matters worse, I'm now double fisting. <laughs> Do you know which is which? Yes. Because they look similar. Yeah. No, I know which is which because the one on the right's more hazy than the one on the left. Mm. Which the one on the right would be uh, the Salty Lady, which is what we're drinking now oh. from Martin House uh, in that there uh, Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> um, so uh, this one, uh, Tiz Goza, it's a 5.2% ABV. And it's a yellow can with a salty lady on the front. Is she salty? She looks kind of salty. How can you tell she's and salty? Blue. I don't know. Anyways, let's see what Aunt Sally tastes like. <clears throat> Aunt Salty. <laughs> All right. Yeah, if, you, uh, if you've if you been a long-time listener, you may remember that we have featured this before. Mm. Way back on episode 17, when we did cover Goza as an entire episode. That was a long time ago. Yeah. So... <laughs> A lot of things have changed. Studio 2.0. I hope we're um, a little smarter, a little wiser. But uh, we wanted to start off with this one because the Goza is one of the more popular historical styles mm-hmm. out of the list. And so we actually do have um, a commercial example, one from Fort Worth. And so we wanted to just lead with this one to give a nice comparison towards the uh, the two homebrews that we have after this as well. Let's see. Wiser, yes. Yeah, smarter, I don't know because I can't read. <laughs> Can you English? I'm probably not. All right, so uh, nice dark yellow color, kind of golden. Yeah, you hazy, very hazy. It's yellow. It is yellow. <laughs> it started off with a like fizzy white head, mm-hmm. but uh, that dissipated. Now there's just like a l- little ring of bubbles. Oh, Tiny I smell bubbles. tart. <clears throat> yep, it smells like uh, a sweet tart, but mm-hmm. worse. Yeah, I'm definitely picking up the salt in the aroma. Yep. There in the flavor too. Woo. It's pretty tart and uh, pretty salty. I don't think that I would classify this as if detectable at all. <laughs> yeah, or uh, what was the other one? Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Never mind. Well, I mean, it said that several times. Oh yeah, no, or or the uh, 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 fresh sea breeze. <laughs> I don't get that. I don't know. It could be. There's a lot of similarities between this and the Michelada. That we had, like the, the uh, salty tomato. Really? I'm not mm. getting tomato in this, but the, the <laughs> level of saltiness. I could yeah. see that. Yeah. Hmm. Now, the tartness that you get, do you feel more like it's lacto or the wild ferment? Lacto. It's pretty pungent. Yeah. Because it mentioned both in the style guidelines. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's probably... Probably more of a lacto rather yeah, than just so too. than just wild. I don't think that they do any wild fermentation at Barton House. Barton House? He's drunk too. <laughs> right? Yeah. Martin House. You said Barton House. Yeah, did I? He did say Barton. <laughs> I'll I'll edit it out so I sound better. Right. Martin. Can you edit House. mine? There you go. Please edit mine. <laughs> that would take that would take weeks. <laughs> Please edit mine. <laughs> You know, one thing that 
I'm not getting as much of would be coriander. Mm -hmm. And that was something that in the guidelines they said that needs to be fairly prominent. Right. In both the aroma and flavor. And it's it's there, but it's kind of taking a backseat to the, uh, I guess, just the incredible saltiness. See, I think that the tart level is higher than the salt level. I would agree. Only very slightly. Because the... Yeah, I mean, the, the, the salt character is kind of like a slick feeling on the tongue. Mm-hmm. Like if you're swimming in the ocean and you accidentally take in some salt water, like yeah. that sensation. Uh-huh. Yeah. I do get some salty flavor, but it's mostly in a sensation kind okay. of Okay. I see. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. I, okay. I retract my previous statement. <laughs> I am now, getting a little bit of fruitiness, too. Yeah. I, yeah, I was going to like order them. <laughs> Tartness, saltiness, and then some fruit. Now, I don't know if it's palm. <laughs> or not, but there's there's some some fruitiness and a sweet character there. It's like berries. Yeah, Sherry's berries. Word. Salty ladies berries. Uh. Now it does say tart and refreshing. So is this refreshing? Uh, to an extent. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I I did discover like this. I guess it was this past summer on the really hot days. I really enjoyed a goza or or Berliner. Well, lucky for you, it's still freaking hot outside. <laughs> yep. Yeah. On November 8th, 2016. Brought to you from Arlington, Texas. And we have mentioned, every single time we've had this beer on the podcast, we have mentioned that their first run of this was extremely salty. And I feel like they dialed it back Yeah, quite a bit from their first run of it. So do you think they actually use salt water when they brew this? I doubt it. I mean, because that was a part of the history. I doubt it. I bet they treat it. With salt? Yeah. So salt water. <laughs> How else would you get salt in your beer without adding salt? Uh, Salty beer. <laughs> salty wart. I'm sorry. Salty young beer. Wow. Okay. Anyway. You getting any <laughs> of the like bready, doughy character? Nah, not really. The malt? No. Maybe some cracker. What kind of cracker? A saltine. <laughs> oh, not graham cracker? Not graham cracker? Wow. Graham cracker. Oh, my God. I. Ah. Oh. I'm Seriously, though, I do issues. get some saltine. Like really faint crackery notes. Maybe it's just the salt. I don't know. <laughs> if you like salt, you'll like this beer. Just the salt, not the ean. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My palatability rating. Six and a half. Four. Seven. See, I didn't want to quite go up to seven. That's why I'm kind of sitting at six and a half, but I did I did toy around with a seven. It just depends on my mood for this. See, one. this is a <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. This is more or less a sipping beer. I can't yeah. I wouldn't be able to pound this. No, mm. that's why I said four. But it's crisp and refreshing, <laughs> just like Bud Light. And it's tart and refreshing. Like a, a warm summer breeze and a, a light squeeze of lemon and iced tea. Six and a half. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next? We got two homebrew examples. Yep, so let's start with entry number 0126-43A, Goza. Which did not make it on to the next round. No, apparently not. Nope. <laughs> 
Maybe we'll find out why. It didn't goes on. Can you? Uh, <laughs> you be able to tell if it's infected, if it's sour? <laughs> <laughs> it might taste like, uh, like uh, what this might. Wow, cider okay. smells like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yellow. <laughs> it's hazy. It looks remarkably similar to the salty lady, actually. So yeah. good so far. Uh, the. The head is different, though. It's like yeah. a different type of carbonation. Lasts a little so, bit longer, it looks like. Yeah, more foamy rather than fizzy. Yeah. Not really getting a whole lot of anything in the aroma. Yeah, me neither, but I do get a little uh, malty sweetness in the aroma. See, I'm I'm pulling some, like, goza smell. It's actually quite... Did good. you rinse? No. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I did not. This might be the salty lady you're smelling. And we're drinking out of a plastic cup. I don't know, it's... Quite uh, pleasant. Clear solo Actually. cup. Oh, wait. That's not how the song goes. A little bit of like saltiness in the aroma. Touch of sweetness. Mm. I taste something that wasn't in the go- in the salty lady. Went um, straight up. I taste coriander. Yep. I taste zero salt. Maybe Which it's, it's, it's on a bad the thing. barely no. detectable part. Yeah, mm. but I don't like it. I like the salt. Yeah, there's a big like coriander citrus uh-huh. mm-hmm. flavor that comes through yeah i can see why this one didn't get pushed yeah if there were a bunch of other gozas that were like killer then this would would fall fall behind now it's a good beer if i had five gallons of this i wouldn't be angry at it no but it's just not a goza i would add a little bit more salt i think that would make the biggest difference yeah i mean couldn't you just dump some salt into the keg yeah salt to taste it's like cooking right yeah, Maybe put some pepper, get some salt. There's Par- a really paradise seeds, a really faint tartness. Just leave it going. Yeah, tartness. Ah, it's like very faint. It's not I mean, nowhere near like the level of tartness of the salty lady. I could see that. This almost <laughs> tastes like a pale ale. What? Yeah, I I, I think this tastes kind of like a pale ale. I'm not getting any hops. With chlorine? I think that's I think that's what I'm mistaking. Like it just kind of gives it the same I don't know, flavor in a way. Can you use paradise seeds in this beer? I probably so. Actually, I would suggest using paradise seeds. All right, so I got my uh my parasite seeds. I've been ah, saying ah, stuff ah. about paradise seeds this entire time. Parasite seeds. So I've got my uh, my salt grinder here with sea salt in it. It looks just like the bell. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Top. All right, so I put in a little bit of salt. Let's see. Let's see what happens. I'm not angry at this at all. This no, I'm not. I'm not either. Like I said, if I had, if I had five gallons of this, I wouldn't be upset. <clears throat> However, the saltiness is lacking a little bit. Oh, I was going the wrong way. That's a lot of salt, dude. I know. <laughs> now, see, this salt is a different kind of salt character. It's, what do you mean? I, I it's not ocean water. No, it's not. It's just you have salt. sea salt. Yeah, it's sea salt. What about a salt? <laughs> well, what about the B salt? I like D salt. Oh, I see what you did there. My uncle in Mexico actually has a beef farm. So. 
That was a long time ago. Hmm. I mm. guess I'll I'll toss a little salt. Uh, okay. Too. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to honor the wishes of the original brewmaster. I just and drink wanted, it like he, like like I the good lord wanted us. Curious to. to see how it would change it. It did, I put a ton of salt in it. Didn't really change a whole lot. Yeah. Maybe it's the wrong kind of salt. I don't know. Keep adding salt. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I. I guess I agree. I see why it didn't. It didn't push. If it had a little bit more of the. Uh, of the salt and tartness to come up and meet the coriander because uh, the coriander is great that's I think that's spot on especially what the guidelines said that the coriander needs to be you know to play a pretty prominent role in yeah, the uh, yeah. in the beer itself uh-huh. so just could have used like a little bit more uh, of the balance to bring it up oomph yeah and it's not that tart either no I don't get a, a real good tartness out of it. No. Just the coriander. Yeah, I get like a little faint <coughs> tartness, no, but it's no. pretty, pretty uh, in the background. Yeah. All right, Chris has opened up the uh, other Goza example. This is entry number zero zero one three. One 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 five 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 five. Zero zero one three. Here you go, Travis. This one's a little bit clearer. At least my pour was. I didn't check to see if it's bottle conditioned. Um, just kind of hazy. It's not real murky or cloudy like the other oh ones Oh, God. Were. I'm getting more salt now. <laughs> it all sank to the bottom, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> this is heaven. Nice carbonation level on this one. Uh, pretty foamy. Mm-hmm. Fairly clear. It's yellow. Mine's pretty brown. Oh my. Oh my? Oh. Oh my god. Uh fruity aroma. <laughs> fairly sweet. Yeah. But I, like uh I think there's something wrong with this one. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, I get I get the salt up front and then the finish is like really strange. Oh, what's with the aroma? It smells like soap. Yeah, I was I was thinking like lemon pledge. Yeah. It smells like lemon pledge a no, little bit. No, no. But the flavor is salt and then weird. Fabulosa! There you go. <laughs> yeah, it tastes like tastes like cleaner. Yeah, it does. Oh. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, bottoms up. I'm trying this now. Jeez. Oh, Good luck with that. Let us let us know how that works out for you. Oh. <laughs> oh. So oh. I can see why this one didn't get pushed on. This yeah. tastes like. Okay. This. You know what this tastes like. This tastes like salt up front, salt in the in the front, chocolate in the back, or caramel. What? Caramel? Chocolate? Yeah, caramel. Mm. It's like a caramel aftertaste. I like the beginning. I do too. I think it's a great beginning. Terrible. The end. middle is okay, and the finish is just awful. <laughs> As Sarah put it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's that's clean. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah that's, you know, that's on the ticket good. they have a drop that says, "This team sucks." <laughs> well, <laughs> this beer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, are we done with the goza? Yeah, yeah. let's okay. be done with this. Let's move on to I the need, next style. I need a rinse. <laughs> We're going to move on to uh, actually my homebrew. I brewed the example that we have in front of us, which is the Kentucky Common, and uh, this is the second time that I've brewed this recipe. The first time was for the BJCP class that we did last year. 
and uh, each person was given a style to brew because basically this was one that you couldn't go to the store and buy. So we had to brew a few styles so we could taste them. Uh, so I had to do some reading up on it and uh, to do that original one. And I found an article in uh, Brew Your Own magazine. This would have been the July-August issue uh, from 2015 that uh, I read. And, and Gordon Strong wrote a style profile article uh, about this one. So that's kind of where I first read about it, found out about it. And there was a recipe in there that I brewed. And so this is a Gordon Strong's recipe. And he kind of talked about the style that it was a uh, it was a style that gained popularity right before Prohibition, so from like 1900 to 1919. And if you were living in the Kentucky area, especially Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. That's, I think that's how they pronounce it. Louisville, Louisville. Louisville. But the pilots for UPS always joke that it's called Louisville. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> um. Yeah, and, and he said, so around the time of Prohibition, up That's to true. 75% of beer sold in this in this area was um, the Kentucky Common, which you know, basically you can think of it as a dark cream ale. Was it commonly sold? In? Very much so. Okay. It's a pretty common drink to to have up there. In yeah, no. Louisville. <clears throat> yeah, and it was really popular with the working class because this, uh, this style of beer was cheap, it was cheap to produce, and it was also really fast to ferment. Um, and so that that's kind of where it gained popularity. And then Prohibition happened, and so they stopped producing it. And then afterwards, the uh, the lager became more popular, and so the Kentucky Common kind of died off. Um, and it was it's just really forgotten about for a long time until recently. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a few people that are actually trying to bring it back um, in the in the style guidelines. It actually does list one commercial example that I've never heard of, Apocalypse Brew Works or Tells 1912. So I have no clue where that is produced or where it's available, but that is a Kentucky Common. Interesting. So um, go through the, the guidelines real quick. It's a darker colored, light flavored, malt accent accented beer. <laughs> It's my turn. With a dry finish and interesting character malt flavors. Good luck. Refreshing due to its high carbonation and mild flavors. And highly sessionable due to being served very fresh and with restrained alcohol levels. Aroma. Low to medium grainy, corn-like, or sweet maltiness with a low toast, biscuity, grainy, bready, or caramel malt accent. Medium to moderately low hop aroma. Usually floral or spicy in character. Clean fermentation character with possible faint berry ester. Low levels of DMS are acceptable. No sourness, malt forward in the balance. Appearance, amber-orange to light brown in color. Typically clear, but may have some light haze due to limited conditioning. Foam stand may not be long-lasting, and is usually white in white to beige in color. Not a headstand. Yeah, why didn't they say a headstand? Yeah, foam stand in this one. Man, I need to get it straight. <laughs> Flavor. <laughs> Moderate grainy sweet maltiness with low to medium low caramel toffee bready or biscuity notes, generally light palate flavors, typical of adjunct beers. A low grainy corn-like sweetness is common. It's Kentucky common. Medium <laughs> to low floral or spicy hop flavor. Medium to low hot bitterness, which should neither be coarse nor have a harsh aftertaste. May exhibit light fruitiness. Balance in, in the finish is towards the malt. May have a light flinty 
or minerally sulfate flavor in the finish. Interesting. The finish is fairly dry, including the contributions of roasted grains and minerals. No sourness. And that was something that uh, that Gordon talked about in the article, that he wanted to dispel a myth that the Kentucky Common was sour, you know, because a lot of people would think, well, they're doing the uh, sour mashes to make Kentucky bourbon and whiskey, and so that's what they would do for beer also. But that's not the case, because um, this beer was basically created and then drank within eight days. Hmm. So this is a very fast fermenting beer, and you always would, uh, let's see, considering the time for mash in Kagan for delivery was typically six to eight days. That's what he says. Clearly aggressive top fermenting yeast were used. Um, and this was basically a beer for the common man. So you had six row barley malt with 35% corn grits to dilute the excessive protein levels. And then uh, you'd use Western hops for bittering and uh, New York hops for flavor. And that was about it. So earlier you said it's kind of like a dark cream ale. Yes. But there's no corn. Mm-hmm. What? No corn in this one, in the Kentucky Common. There's 35% corn. Oh, I guess I missed that part. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. all so the part you use... about adjuncts and stuff. Yeah, okay. I guess I just missed that part. Yeah. Um, so you used flaked maize in this? Yes. And this was a Gordon Strong's recipe. It's available online. Again, this is the Brew Your Own magazine. You can find it on byo.com, July, August 2015. And he used 6.5 pounds of six-row malt, 3.5 pounds flaked maize, four ounces of UK black malt, three ounces of UK crystal. And uh, what he wanted me to do, which I did, and it worked out great, is to mash the uh, six row and the flake maze together and then whenever you're done with your mash and you start vorloffing that's when you toss in the black malt and the uh, crystal so that you get the color and a little bit of the like the roasty character but it's not harsh at all you really cut down on that bitterness Mm -hmm. Uh, i really like that i'm going to start utilizing that in basically all my dark beers from now on because you just you cut it on all the uh dang it what's the word astringency astringency Next up, yeah. DMS. <laughs> Stringency. So, uh, so how does it compare to the California Common? Um, it's not a... Because that's the steam beer, right? Yeah, I think the steam beer is 100% malt. I don't think there's adjuncts in that one. Okay. Um, and the steam beer was also a hybrid so that you, like you would either cool ferment it with ale yeast or... Warm yeah. ferment with lager yeast or mm-hmm. something, so it's lower. This one is uh, aggressive ale yeast, and just start it, get it done, and then drink it within a week. Right. So uh, uh, that's basically what I did. I, I brewed it, and then two weeks later, I served it. But, Interesting. Uh, yeah, we got we have a keg of it in the other room, but I pulled off a few bottles last night because I didn't know if it would last, but it did. So the carbonation of these might not be exactly right. It didn't, um, it didn't pop. Pour aggressively down the center of the glass. Snap, I want to keep the carbonation in solution. If you pour aggressively, you lose carbonation. <laughs> hmm. So it's pretty dark. Um, dark brown. 
Yeah. When you hold it up to the light, it's pretty opaque. Um, yeah, it's kind of muddy. Yeah. Little little murky. Yeah, I th- I think these are the first the first bottles I pulled off when we brought the keg over, so it shook up. Uh, the I later drank on off of it for a little while before you pulled the bottles off. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, I drank so I, I drank quite a bit of this beer yeah, last night. That um, the first glass that I poured after we had you know pulled a good amount off was still pretty murky, and then Fratto immediately poured a glass right after me, and it was like this, mm-hmm. <laughs> straight up yeast, yo. Yeah, I wasn't gonna drink that. Why not? Give me the Schlitz later. No, that's the point. Cleans you out. <laughs> the Schlitz. To do a cleanse. <laughs> a yeast cleanse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the spiced cider hints in this beer did not come from my beer. So try to ignore those. I got a burp. It's got a fairly faint aroma. I mean, you do get some maltiness. Yeah. But um, no real hops. No, I'm not really smelling corn. Mm-mm. Definitely no roastiness. No, there's like a, a slight sweetness mm-hmm. in the aroma. Flavor's pretty good. There's there's a little bit of uh, bitterness, but it's not like over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really getting any roasty character. Did you men- mention something about fruit in the in the guidelines? Like a slight berry or something. I thought I remember you saying that. And I, I'm getting a little bit of sweetness. I don't know if it's necessarily fruit, but it might be. Which yeast did you use for this? Um, I'm pretty sure this was just the uh, Safeel USL5. Okay. Real straightforward. Let's see. Hmm. Uh, not in the aroma, in the flavor. Flavor, flavor. Flinty flavor, flavor may exhibit light fruitiness. Okay, which I'm assuming yeah. that's going to come from the yeast, right? Basically fermenting yeah. really crazy fast at warm temperatures, so you can get some esters from there. Yeah, that's what I was asking. What yeast? But I, I, I wouldn't say it's fruity. There's there's a sweetness. Um, I agree. Remember what your FG was? Um, what was your OG? The, probably in the ten oh eight, ten ten range. I think that's probably exactly what it was. It's good medium, medium bodied, um, mm-hmm. pretty smooth. It's very drinkable. Oh, yeah. Because when I booted the first time, I went through the keg pretty quickly. And then uh, this this one I brewed for um, the party that we had last weekend. Oh, yeah, the, the, uh, the speakeasy party. Party or whatever you and, went to, yeah. Yeah, they drank through two-thirds of the keg. And so we're just kind of finishing mm-hmm. up. It's good, yeah. It's real, just kind of straightforward. It has a dark appearance, but doesn't really have the dark flavor, yeah. so it's more approachable to uh, the not everyday beer drinker. And you did mention also the, um, you know, lower alcohol content. Is this like high fours, low fives? I think it's less than five. Okay, but only slightly, like four o- eight, slightly. maybe. Yeah, probably four eight. I think without. Uh, Referring to my brew notes. Yeah. I mean, aside from the lack of carbonation, I guess that's just from bottling because it was carved in the keg. Um, it's good. We can go pour some from the keg here in a little bit. I have palatability rating. <laughs> Seven. I'm going to go eight. Yeah, I go eight. What did you call this one? Common Eileen. 
Oh, I just got to the good part, too. you're drunk <laughs> i might be a little buzzed <laughs> cool um <sighs> man i like the kentucky common i definitely gonna save the recipe yeah. and i'll probably do do it again next summer would you change anything no probably not it's pretty pretty easy and that's exactly what it's meant to be yep so uh cool. if you're ever in a pinch and you need a beer pretty quickly then this is a style you could do and it works out great yep cool let's move on to the next one all right so I'm going to be talking about the Atom beer, which is a style I'd never heard of. Atom or Adam? Adam, A D A M B I E R. Um. Oh, I got the bottom. No, that all looks that way. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, w- when we went to judge Ozaft is, I I actually judged this entry. I will reserve my thoughts on it for later. But uh, I wanted to talk about this one because when <laughs> when we were judging it, we were like, what the heck is an Adam beer? And we you know, got our phones out and, and Googled it. And from what I was able to find, it was a uh, aged, I don't know, I don't remember if it said sour. It was aged for like 10 years or more. So it's supposed to be very old but um anyway the oldest documents referring to brewing in dortmund dates from 1266 it mentions a, a gruit beer flavored with myrtle rosemary laurel caraway anise and juniper someone brewed that at iron mash an adam beer the no, gruit, no no the, the gruit, gruit. yeah yeah because i remember we, uh, somebody was talking about yeah, that yeah because we had well, we had juniper was one of our ingredients, um, but we didn't have myrtle, rosemary, laurel, caraway, anise. Um, anyway, but juniper, because it grows well in the region, is still used to flavor Westphalia's wheat-based gin-like clear schnapps. Juniper is also responsible for the unique flavor of smoke-cured Westphalian ham. The roots of Adam beer probably date back all the way to the 14th century, shortly after the German king Adolf of Nassau had conferred the brewing right upon the good burgers of Dortmund in 1293. <laughs> I know why you're laughing. <laughs> Welcome to the good burger, home of the good burger. Can I take your order? Two fries, go with that shake. Burgers is spelled with an H. B-U-R-G-H-E-R-S. At least it's not. Uh, <laughs> you said good burgers. At least it's not I Master did Betty. Say good burgers. <laughs> and that's also why we were talking about Pink Panther before the. That's a drop. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I read that. That's what I mean. I thought. You're welcome. In those days, the local brews were almost certainly top fermented, kept in wooden casks, and dispensed by gravity. Considering the hygienic standards of the time, they were probably also infected with such microbes as Lactobacillus and Britannomyces, just as the original porters of London. By around 1480, documents indicate that the brewers of Dortmund had switched from making gruet beer 
to making beers flavored entirely with hops. These new brews are probably akin to Coit beer, so it's spelled K-E-U-T-E-B-I-E-R, also spelled K-U-I-T-K-U-Y-T. It's a gold to copper-colored slightly sour ale with a grainy, bready accent mashed from a mixture of barley and wheat malts. Some Coit beers were also mashed with a substantial amount of oat malt. This brew remained popular in much of the lowlands of northwestern Europe, including present-day Belgium, Luxembourg, Netherlands, the Rhineland, and Westphalia, well into the Renaissance. Coit beer is arguably a very distant forerunner of today's top-fermented alt beer and Kolsch of the Rhineland, as well as many of the ales of Belgium. The collieries and mills that were once the economic engine of Dortmund and its environs are long gone, and Adam beer, the erstwhile working man's drink, declined in parallel with the structural transformation of the economy that once made the brew possible. So we have another common man's beer here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the quotes from this article is, When a miner got off his shift after hours of hammering chunks of coal from the rock in a dark, dusty, hot, and dangerous shaft, sometimes 3,000 feet deep, what he needed was a beer he could respect. And apparently that was Adam Beer. Um, so the Adam beer is an almost forgotten strong local ale from Westfalen city of Dortmund in the northwest of Germany. The city is much better known for the home of Dortmunder export lager. It is not exactly clear when Adam beer first emerged as a beer style, but it was definitely popular in the 19th century. So, but <laughs> by the late, or sorry, by the 1960s, Adam beer had become virtually extinct. Among the last breweries to make it were Dortmund's Thier Brewery and Dortmunder Hansa Brewery, both of which have since fallen victim to major mergers and acquisitions of the German beer scene. Brau Bray? Bray? Brown Beret. Browery. Adam Beer is defined as a medium-bodied, well-aged, light brown to very dark ale with toast and caramel aromas, a moderate hoppiness, as well as some optional sourness and smokiness. Optional, okay. Optional sourness and smokiness. Uh, there is a commercial example by Hair of the Dog Brewing Company in Portland. Oh, oh, is that Adam Fra- Frado Brewing? No, Hair of the Dog. I've had that. Dog. You've had that. Yeah. You've had Adam. Yeah, he was he was good. I mean, the beer was good. It was um, <laughs> was it cute? <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! See friends with Randall. <laughs> Um, That's or right. Steve. We don't get that here, but no. it's um, it's pretty widely available in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Um, let's see. On the brewery's website, founder Alan Sprints describes it as a dessert beer that goes well with chocolate or cigars, or just a warm fire and good company. Interesting. Uh, the brewery also produces Adam from the Wood, <laughs> which is aged in oak barrels, as well as a cherry version. So you can get cherry Adam, and but Adam it ended up tasting great in the wood. The the wood. What? Anyway, so I'm reading all this article from uh, Zymergy magazine from last year, mm. uh, 2015, mm-hmm. and they do have a recipe mm. in in the article. Uh, it includes Pilsner malt, Munich two wheat malt, smoked malt, Caroma malt, acidulated malt, melanoidin. And they use Hallertauer and Tetnang with a top-fermented German specialty yeast, such as Altbier or Kolsch, or a Belgian Abbey yeast, but not 
a Hefeweizen yeast. It specifically says not a Hefeweizen. Okay. Uh, OG of this particular recipe is 1072, down to uh, FG of 1016, IBU of 30, SRM of 15, with an ABV of about 7.4%. So... Hmm. Hmm. It's kind of um, high for like a common man's yeah, drink. Yeah, that's you know? what I was just yeah. thinking. For the guy that's working in the mine shaft to come home and, and have an Adam beer, that is kind of high. Hmm. So it's interesting. Uh, also, I found it interesting with the smoked malt and acidulated malt. So with the the smokiness and sourness being optional. It includes both of them. It includes both. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, well, this is uh, Adam beer. I don't have the bottle. What was the entry number? It's like 0131 or something like that. Entry number 0131. Wow. How did I remember that? <laughs> anyway, um, so I did judge this particular beer. I did not push it on because it was a little strange. And I there wasn't a whole lot of information about what it was supposed to be. Well, it's really murky. Yes. Um, like, I mean, if you if you swish it around, it kind of looks like chocolate milk. It looks like pond water. It, <laughs> it's not it's not appeasing no, to it's, look at. It's not. Do you think a, a frog is going to jump out or something? Mm. Frog beer. It could be tadpoles. Light bit of carbonation. It's kind of like a a tan beige color bubbles, but they're not uh, not long lasting. Yeah, it's really I mean, cold. The Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. The 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 little bit of information right, we had that, whenever we um, judged this was that it was a barrel aged sour. Oh, I definitely can smell barrel aged. So there's probably some wood in it. I smell like play doh. What play doh? Oh, I know. I haven't said that in a long time. Let me sniff again. Because I used to say that every episode. Yeah, there's something a little off about it. But yeah, there's like or like earth clay or something. Maybe clay. I don't smell play doh. I, I smell bourbon barrels. Yeah. Mm, I get some wood. It kind of smells like a barley wine, in a way. Uh, I don't. I don't get the same caramel notes. Well, no. I'm just saying, like it just in a, it, it's similar. It's not. The same. No hops. No. Right. No like fruity sweetness. Do you or smell anything. any sourness? I don't uh, smell sourness. No, no I don't sourness. smell smoke. So if it's sour, does that mean it's infected? No, it said sourness optional. Oh, okay. Are you listening? I didn't hear that part. <laughs> <laughs> the sourness and smokiness is optional according to Zymergy. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I wish y'all could see their faces right now. This tastes like a barley wine, but it's really strange. It's 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 not. I mean, obviously the heat's not there from the alcohol. Yeah. Um. So that kind of changes it a little bit. I get more doughy notes. Mm-hmm. Um. Travis, did you did you try this one the day of judging? Because I know that well after we were done judging, everybody was like, "What's an Adam beer?" And so we passed it around. Everybody tried it. It was like, I don't eh. think I did. You know, I kind of like it. I am on the other end of the spectrum. I don't like this at all. Well, I mean, it's. I know it's not right, but I, I kind of well, like see, it. Well, see, I don't know. It could be right. I have no idea. All I know is that something about it tastes a little off. Well, it's not necessarily off in a bad way, in my opinion. 
I mean, yeah, I agree. There's something off, but sourness being optional. I don't I, get any. I don't. I get, get some. There's some sour notes I, there. Hang I, on, it's like almost infected. Uno momento por favor. I I would almost say, um, maybe not, maybe not band aid, but um, the garden hose. When's the last time you've tasted a garden hose? No, like water that's coming out of a garden hose. Oh. That's uh, that's a sign of infection. If it tastes yeah. like rubber. Okay. Well, I can I can kind of see that then. Ask Travis how he knows. <laughs> well, we did have the Baba Black Sheep that one time. No, there's one of his beers he entered somewhere and somebody on another podcast <laughs> was the judge and wrote down garden hose can we name said podcast <laughs> i you know we've already had the conversation with the judge and he he retasted it last year's christmas party and did not get garden hose that time. oh that podcast yeah. the one where you can come and do stuff and yeah that one okay welcome to brew styles <laughs> no not brew styles anyway that reminds me. I'm looking forward to the Christmas party. <laughs> Bruce Styles. Yeah, I would like to go this year. When is that, anyways? Oh, we'll talk in about December. That oh, okay. Well, no duh. Usually the first Saturday. Okay. So I do get some some barrel aged notes, but it's a little sour. It's a little funky. I yeah. You know what? I changed my mind. I think this thing is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid. If you to brew say this it. and you're listening, we apologize. This this. I have nothing to base. It could just be we don't like Adam beer. This could be a perfect example. I have no idea. I, I have an, an announcement. Um, yeah. I do not like this beer. Yeah, the woodiness is is a little <laughs> overbearing. Mm-hmm. I think that's coming through way more than anything else. I think, and you get a lot of astringency that comes with that. So my next question is, and this conversation came up while we were judging. Maybe they were trying to brew something else, and it didn't turn out right. Maybe they and were so they they saw the guidelines for Adam beer and just try to fit it and just entered it as an Adam beer. You know, I I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, so, like I said, it kind of tastes like a barley wine in a way. So maybe they were trying for a barley wine and didn't turn out right. Travis, if you had to guess another style for this, what would it be? Another style for this? Yeah. Um, like if somebody's trying to brew that, but it got this instead. Uh, you know, it might be like a really weak barley wine, but um, I could also see something like a like a Belgian quad that was just mm, yeah not I was, right. I was gonna say Double. Okay, I would either say Double or, well, no, I mean I I just I have a feeling that there's some kind of Belgiany character in there. Yeah, maybe it's the yeah. the like sour fruitiness. Uh, you get I, it yeah. towards the cheeks. So I'm thinking maybe it was supposed to be that, and it turned out a little sour. Maybe a barrel aged double. I don't know that I've ever had one mm-hmm. of those, but so uh, anyway, if you... Some, something <laughs> that smells bad. Five palatability rating. Two. Yeah, two. One. <laughs> so you can see why we didn't push this one forward. Well, no, yeah, of course I. <laughs> But when I first smelt it, uh, you dealt it. I did dealt it, and uh, it smelled kind of like a barley wine. (laughs) (laughs) Podcast cat is currently smelling it. Yep. All right. Well, um, I think we're going to move on to our next and last historical style. Something to do with hockey and Wayne Gretzky. Boo! (laughs) 
that's one of the worst jokes I've ever heard in this podcast. No, it's not. And that's saying a lot. Tell Gretzky your no, way. No, it's not. So, we're moving on to our last historical style. Yay. And we have two different homebrews to try for this one. Uh-huh. And this is pronounced in English as... Wayne Gretzky. Pivo Grojiskio. Oh, boy. What? There's yeah. not an O at the end of that. Pivo Grojiskio. Is it spelled pivot? P-I-W-O. P-W-O. Pivo. Pivo. Grojiskio. Grojiskio. Meaning... Grotz, Grotzisk beer, what? known as Great Sir, Great Scott, in German-speaking countries one and in some beer literature, traditionally made using a multi-step mash, a long boil, more than two hours, and multiple Dang. strains of ale yeast. The beer is never filtered, but isinglass is used to clarify before bottle conditioning. I think that was a, a city in... Uh, Lord of the Rings. You know, if you're going to Traditionally it. served in tall conical glassware to accommodate the vigorous foam stand. We have a plastic cup. It's a headstand. <laughs> yep. So basically, this is a low-gravity, highly carbonated, light-bodied ale combining an oak smoked flavor with a clean hot bitterness. Highly sessionable. So this one will be smoky. Aroma. Low to moderate oak wood smoke is the most prominent aroma component. Thank you. But can be subtle and hard to detect. A low spicy herbal or floral hop aroma oh is typically God. present and should be lower. Oh my. That's a big headstand. I will tilt my glass for you. Thank you. Hints of grainy wheat are also detected in the best examples. The aroma is otherwise clean, although light boom, fruit esters, especially ripe boom. red apple or pear, are welcome. No acidity. Slight water derived sulfury notes may be present. Appearance. Pale yellow to male gold. Oh my goodness. Male gold? Yeah. Pale yellow to medium gold in color with excellent clarity. A tall, billowy, white, tightly knit head <laughs> with excellent retention is distinctive. We Murkiness not... is a fault. Check the explicit mm, box. Okay. No more. That's pretty murky. Mine's pretty foamy. <laughs> yeah, he's got a glass of head. <laughs> Moderately glass low head. to medium oak smoke flavor. Up front, which carries in the aroma, the smoke can be stronger in the flavor than in the aroma. The smoke character is gentle, should not be acrid, and can lead to an impression of sweetness. Oh my gosh, you know what this smells like? Acrid. Wait, keep going, keep going. Acrid. A moderate to strong acrid. bitterness is readily evident, which lingers through the finish. Overall balance is towards bitterness. Low but perceptible spicy herbal or floral hop flavor. Low granny wheat character in the background. Light boom. Fruit esters, red apple or pear may be present. Dry, crisp finish, no sourness. If you say hacker swore, I'm going to punch you. No, actually, I'm far <laughs> from it. Um, this, no, my God. Um, this smells like barbecue chips. Yeah, I see that. This this takes me back to our smoked beer episode. Yeah, the, the swinging arm. <laughs> Schlankerla. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it's not a random. This, but see, all of those were really dark, smoked beers. This is a light smoked beer. That's we, different. Can we take a Randall to Blue Bonnet this year? Is he cute? Could be. Anyway, I saw my first Randall at Blue Bonnet last in this past year. <laughs> Was he cute? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there's a lot of smoke aroma here. Um, it's a light, pale, pale golden yellow color. It's verging on phenolic 
on the aroma for me. Mm. Like Band-Aid smoke. Okay, just to remind our listeners. Yeah. You ever burned a Band-Aid? What is phenolic? It's a hot commodity. (sighs) Phenolic is a... It's a by... uh, Byproducts. Byproducts. (laughs) It's a byproduct of yeast, and it can be good. For example, if you have like um, clove notes in a Hefeweizen, that's classified as a phenol. Mm. But you can also have negative phenols, which if you're writing a judge sheet and you write phenolic, it's usually negative, meaning like Band-Aid notes or smoky notes or negative clove. If you write phenols, that's okay. If you write phenolic, that's a negative. Mm. Yeah, like I'm smelling this and I'm... I got a glass of band-aids over here. See, I'm not thinking I'm not thinking band-aids. I, I get smoke. I get barbecue potato chips. See, now I'm thinking band-aids. Thanks, Travis. You ruined this beer for me. Oh. Strangely enough, I get potatoes. <laughs> I just got a potato chip. Man, everyone's getting like potatoes. No. No, no, no. Oh, I want to pound the crap out of it. Even Eddie. Who is in here? Do you get the Band-Aid Sawyer? No. <laughs> I get straight up barbecue Lay's potato chips. Hmm. Flavor's a little smoky. Yeah. It's, it's astringent. It's, it's kind of... There is like a, a slight fruitiness in there behind the smoke. You know what? Now that I've tasted it, I taste Band-Aids. I don't taste potato chips. With Where have you ever barbecue. tasted Band-Aid? I don't know. You get the the fruity sweetness a little bit behind the smoke. Uh, it's like an apple. Yeah, yeah. It's very. It's not. It's it's very little. Very tiny. I mean, it's okay. Minute. Would mm. you say it fit the style? Nah. Uh, I mean, just the phenolic character. I think the smoke has been overdone. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. If that was brought back, and. Um, uh, yeah, well, I, I think that's just it. It's the smoke is too overbearing. So flights are essentially done, or for Ozaftis anyway, flights are essentially done in a best of show format. Correct? Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So this could be a perfect example of the style. But if there were other beers in another style that were better, that would be why this one didn't get pushed. Yeah. Possibly. I don't know. I This is my first Pivo Grodziski or whatever. Pivo Grodziski. Gronkowski. <laughs> Mike Wazowski. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. Either way, I've never had one before, yeah. so I don't have anything to compare it to. This could be a classic example. I have no idea. But... Depending on what it was grouped with in the flight, I can see why it might not get pushed on. It's kind of a, a, a acquired taste sort of thing, maybe. Sure. I mean, smoked beers in general, you either love them or you hate them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. My palatability rating. Three. I'm going to have to say lower than that, and actually a lot lower. I was going to say negative one. Whoa. <laughs> I do not like this. It's it's okay. Spears pounding him. When it's he, Russian. When he mentioned the band aids, <laughs> I tasted Russia. I tasted the rubber. Kretsky pounds you. That's a drop. <laughs> Thank you. 
Anyway, um, I'm probably about a, yeah, I'm about a three. I think that this is better than the Adam beer. Pivo Grojeskia. Yes. Um, so I put the Adam beer at a two. I'll put this in at a three, maybe a two and a half. But either way, it's slightly better. <laughs> it's very Trump sounding. Put this at a two, maybe a two and a half. It's going to be tremendous. Um, this episode comes out on election day. How about Whoa. that? Have y'all both voted? I have. Have you voted early? I have not. I have. I not did my. Either. I did my voter registration, but it doesn't go in effect until what the sixth or whatever that is. Mm. I don't remember. I need to go vote. I want to do it early. I would probably do it tomorrow. So as we finish up this first example, I'll read the uh, history segment of the guidelines. I'm gonna pound it. Uh, this. So it says, developed as a unique style centuries ago in the Polish city of Grozysk, known as Graz, when ruled by Prussia and Germany. Its fame and popularity rapidly extended other parts of the world in the late 19th and early 20th century. Regular commercial production declined after WW2 and ceased altogether in the early uh, mid-1990s. Okay, so... Not too long ago. This style description describes the traditional version during its period of greatest popularity. Do we have to drink the second one? We gotta taste it. Oh my god. Wait, there's another one? Yeah. Oh, alright. Let me pound this. I'll open it. Go and open it up. Let me pound this cider. <laughs> now save it. <laughs> I'm gonna pound the crap out of well, it. Well, I'm not drinking the other one, so. You're not? I'd pound no. the crap out of it. Oh my god. So I gotta no. taste it. No, I'm not drinking the one that we just had. Oh, this one might be better. I hope so. You never know. And we're still recording. Yep. It looks so. the same. Actually, this one's clearer and slightly darker, kind of an orangish color. Ooh, this one mm. smells. This example, or entry number 0073. This looks like a Cavalier Aleworks uh, carbonation. No. The foam stand? I'm going to disagree. A little bit. Pretty tall. Tall white head, foamy. Yeah. Tightly packed bubbles. Uh, but they're semi sized bubbles. Oh, yeah. oh, the aroma is way different. Yeah. This smells like um, applesauce. No, this smells like burnt rubber. I disagree. Well, let me smell it again now that you said it. Hold on. Actually, hold on. It smells like burnt nylon. Okay. Travis will oh, know what I'm talking about. No. Whenever you have a, a rope the the that rope. you cut and yeah. you burn it, yeah, that's what I, this smells yeah, like. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Minus the smoke. This smells like burnt nylon. This smells god-awful. Yeah, like hands down. If someone had me smell this, I'd say someone's burning the end of a rope. And taste matches. I'm not drinking any more of that. Yeah, that's straight up burnt. Mm-hmm. How is it's that not possible? Smoky. It's not smoky. Oh my it's God, like that is awful. Burnt. Actually, I get the smokiness. <laughs> really? Yeah, I really do. I I, mean, I don't I, like this it. Is, this is like I just took a bite out of the I mean, end of a rope that somebody had just. I don't burnt. like it, but I get it. Yeah, at least the last one had like kind of the beefy smoke character. That's just burning. But yeah, this this hey, you should add some salt. That is phenolic. You should. If you add wanted some... to know what phenolic was, that's phenolic. Here, just add some salt to it. Um, <laughs> no, I would not, probably score this about a twenty, and then 
would write comments about um, the, I guess, whatever smoke edition or I, I don't know what they would do to get this God, they put character way, in it. Way too, I, I don't know. That's There's something wrong with that. Yeah. Can you imagine having five gallons of that? That was kind of a disappointment for the <laughs> last. Know. Maybe we should have done the Goza last. Yeah. <laughs> End on a, on a high note. Because at least we all know we like that style. Yeah. Oh, well. <clears throat> well, it is what it is, I guess. Well, thank you for joining us for our latest episode of Brew Styles, where our topic for discussion was the historical beer category in 27. Well, get your best highly ho there, neighbor, impression ready, because next week we enjoy the Flanders Red. <laughs> hey. Cheers until then. <laughs>